fresh dose of tech news and insight. This is the Early Burb Briefing. AI is coming for your job. It is Friday, January 27th, 2023. This is the Early Burb Briefing. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. So first things first, let's actually get a couple of things out of the way. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> I've been putting updates um, wherever I could to let people know what's been going on. But um, unfortunately, because of the, what ended up happening, it um, I couldn't get the info actually out to the podcast listeners. So basically what happened was that the primary SSD that my studio rig runs on, I, I use two PCs actually here in the studio. One is the actual rig that does all the OBS processing, that does all the recording and everything. And the other is a gaming PC. Well, it turned out that for the past year, yeah, past year, the controller on the SSD has been slowly dying and has been writing garbage to itself, which has also caused the backups of the system to have garbage written to them as well. It eventually got to the point where it became very noticeable and I realized what was going on rather than it just being, oh, wow, that Windows update really went and messed up those settings. That's really weird. Because that's all it was. It was just like missing settings. Oh, this one DLO is missing. Oh, that's really weird. Huh, this one thing is missing. Man, them Windows updates, weirdest thing. And that's not the case. It eventually got to the point where it was obvious what was happening and a move to another PC had to be done. Well, actually, originally, it actually didn't have to be done at all. But by the time I was planning things, I thought it was the motherboard based on malfunctions that were going on. And then it became much more obvious what was going on. But in any case, we're back up and running. It took a while to basically rebuild everything from scratch because backups were just worthless. And trying to back up as many settings as I could, um, it was a pain in the butt to try and patch the corrupted holes. And eventually it just came to the point where it was just easier just to start fresh. So I apologize for the podcast being out for so long. But we are back. Now, as far as news that we missed, I will not be covering it here on the early bird briefing. We'll be here forever. I will stick to current stuff here on the early bird briefing stuff we missed. I will cover on Eagle Eyes on Tech. The bigger and more important stuff, the more interesting stuff, will be covered there. That is my plan at this time. Um, if you notice anything out of the ordinary with the way these sound or anything of that nature, um, you know, feel free to get, get to get, get in touch with us either through the direct messaging system on Anchor.fm/slash Early Bird Briefing or just directly at our email, uh, eaglefalcontech at gmail.com. That is where all business inquiries can be found. Also, another heads up, we will be starting a new sponsor next Monday here on the podcast, both for Eagle Eyes on Tech and the Early Bird Briefing. Actually, I'm a bit excited with them, and I hope you all enjoy the offer that they are willing to give me to you guys. Anyway. Let's actually move on. 
One announcement that has been out there is the fact that the Tesla Cybertruck will not enter mass production until 2024. You want to talk about news that Tesla does not need right now. This. This is a problem. I mean, first off, it's already bad enough that Tesla is still sticking with... I'll give them credit. It's a unique design, but it's a terrible design for a vehicle. There's just no other way around it. It is a vehicle that looks like it was constructed by an N64. Still, to this day. I still question a lot of the way this vehicle is designed and I strongly question its usefulness and in a world where the F-150 Lightning exists where the Chevy Silverado EV is about to exist where I mean Dodge will most likely have their electric ram out before the Cybertruck's out heck Rivian's is out But Tesla's that is made of all kinds of compromises and is offering some insane battery numbers that don't make a whole lot of sense concerning the weight class of the vehicle. And once again, one of the things that's still missing in this, much like with the Tesla Semi, they're not mentioning the weight of the vehicle. I'm getting the feeling this is actually going to require... a light-duty commercial driver's plate. Like, I'm willing to bet this is going to be an F-450 equivalent with the weight they're talking here with this, with the battery weight and then also the, uh, the steel frame and all this. Or the steel body for that fact. What is it? Cold rolled steel is what they're making this thing out of? Granted, the weight class on this isn't as relevant, except for the fact that, well, the heavier vehicle is, the less areas you can drive it. If you're ever in the city here in the U.S., you will see a lot of signs saying no trucks over a certain amount of tonnage, no trucks over three tons, no trucks over four tons. Actually, out in my neck of the woods, uh, no trucks over five tons is actually a very common sign. So, you know, if you're talking a class four pickup truck that the gross vehicle weight of this thing is north of five tons, you have a problem. Actually, no, it'd be class five is, is north of 10, 
is north of five tons. You get my point. Wait, no, no, I have, no, I am, I'm, I have my poundage way off. Yeah, no, if it's a class four or five, that's. What is that, 16,000? That's eight tons. I just want to get for recording these late at night again. Weight can be an issue. The fact that you're going to be paying, you know, what's considered commercial rates for that kind of registration renewal. You know, a normal pickup truck that a normal person would have and, and such would be roughly like a hundred bucks you'd normally expect for a car, something like this, maybe three, four, 500, depending on its weight class. Tesla's still not handing out those numbers. And the fact that you're not going to be out until 2024, it's going to make a lot of truck buyers very, very sketch on the whole thing. And I don't know if Tesla's noticed this, but everyone else is catching up. How many more generations of the F-150 are going to be out by then? How many more improvements are going to be done by then? By the time this thing is actually out, out, could be looking at a third generation Silverado EV, and that's not even out yet at all. It's concerning, Tesla. It's very, very concerning, and Elon's looking more and more foolish. Meanwhile, over in New York City, they went ahead. I don't know what they smoked over there, but holy cow. I've got two different stories of just, what are you thinking, New York City? First off, New York City wants all Uber and Lyft cars to be electric by 2030. Ah, yes. My favorite kind of promise. The one where it's not their problem. It's just a mandate for someone else to reach an unrealistic goal that we have no idea if it's going to be obtainable by 2030. Now, the actual thing that's being announced is, is specifically high volume for higher vehicles. So this would target Uber, Lyft, and every taxi service out there to be zero emissions by 2030. <laughs> wow. How would you like to be the... Uh, the guy just trying to make a few bucks on Uber, just driving around your, um, your okay-ish car. And then being told, oh, hey, by the way, be EV. You have to be an EV now in New York City. Uh. Now, of course, Uber and Lyft being the dumb companies they are, 
are applauding the plan saying, oh, this is great, this is fantastic, because trying to go ahead and protest against the plan would be corporate suicide. I'll just tell you this right now, it's a terrible decision. Any plan, first off, to go ahead and do something more than five years out, just say whatever you want. By 2030, we're going to achieve world peace. By 2030, I am going to create the world's first cat girl. By 2030, I'm going to go ahead and have a Naga waifu. Go ahead and invent whatever, because it's irrelevant. Because the thing is with any sort of these, we want this to happen by more than five years out in the road. It's someone else's problem. So you get all the positive PR of that right now. And it's not actually doing anything. Politically, it's genius. Except, you know, for anyone that actually is politically aware. Because someone like me who actually knows how this sort of thing goes down, someone like you who listens to this sort of thing and knows how it's going to go down, knows that the whole point of this is just to score some easy political points and, ju and just pose for pictures and be like, we care about the earth. Uh, meanwhile, uh, New York City has a enormous cost of living problem. People are fleeing the city in droves because no one can afford to live there. They have entire commercial districts chock full of vacant buildings because no one can afford to operate there. And they're doing next to nothing to address the issue. To try and draw, to actually keep the city alive. New York City is on its way to being Detroit. And not like current day Detroit. I mean like during the turn when Detroit was at its worst Detroit. It's okay. Because we'll, we'll have electric taxis by 2030. We'll also have a flood sensor network to help monitor when things are flooded. And it's all thanks to the $7.2 million they're going to go ahead for flood net monitors. Here's the best part about this about these flood monitors. It's going to take five years for these to be installed. How much more benefit is this going to provide than the system you're using now? Is there an infamous problem within New York City? with areas just randomly flooding. That may be the case, but it doesn't take a genius to see what's wrong with New York City. 
but to go ahead and just say, you know what, technology, technology is the answer. You need to worry about the basics first, my friend, before you start going, ooh, shiny flood sensor go, yay. And then all I can do is just shake my head. I can also shake my head at BuzzFeed, the latest publisher to embrace AI-generated content, according to Engadget, who will most likely be the next to embrace AI-generated content. 12% of BuzzFeed's staff has been terminated. All because they are now switching to AI-generated stories, articles, quizzes, and all kinds of other things rather than utilizing actual writers. It is unclear what AI system they're going to be using. If I had to guess, I assume some either directly chat GPT or a fork of it. Now, of course, BuzzFeed is saying that the 12% layoff is due to, quote, challenging macroeconomic conditions. Which, by the way, is spiffy, uh, don't look too much into this talk for we're not doing too well, also recession. The thing is that you're actually like, Recession-wise, kind of on, like, this weird edge of it. Where you get all the disadvantages of a recession with all the disadvantages of the inflation that's not being solved by the recession. Oh, and just... Oh, it's just a mess. It is just an absolute mess and quite frankly are, are we really surprised that buzzfeed's content could be handled by a random ai text generating system honestly if you lied to me right now and told me that buzzfeed was running on ai generated content for the last however many years last five years, 10 years, since the dawn of time, I'd believe you. I seriously would. Because quite frankly, they do have a very consistent formula, and it's to the point where it could have just been done by a machine this whole time. And it is quite staggering that it took this long for a machine to officially just be, <laughs> just be making the data in the first place. But you know what, hey, Welcome to the world of BuzzFeed. Welcome to everything where we just decide, yeah, we're just going to go ahead, cut a whole bunch of people, replace them with robots, and all of a sudden, we're looking forward to the future. Oh, yep, sure enough. It is, in fact, a move to chat GPT. That's, that's going to do it for me. Stay safe and stay healthy.